You're listening to the Evolve the Truths podcast, featuring mother-daughter hosts, Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, where honest and vulnerable conversations about personal growth create a connection between all of us. You're invited to experience the transformation that occurs when we allow the truth of who we are to evolve. Hello, you beautiful heart and soul, and welcome to Evolving Truths. I'm Shannon Day, and with me as always is my daughter, Alexis Ray. Hi, Mom. Oh, I guess I forgot to say hi, Lex. How are you? I was I was so thrown off by you saying, Mom, do you want to do the intro today? I was like, really? Okay, so let me finish it. Hey, Alexis, how are you today? I'm good, Mama. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. That was really fun and scary all at the same time. We can keep practicing. Okay, sounds good. What's happening in your world today? Continuing to knock things off the to-do list. I'm getting situated in my new environment, new routine. Haven't totally figured it out yet, but just taking it one day at a time. That's the best way to approach things often. I guess I shouldn't say the best way, but I find it to be an effective way to approach things. Yeah. I mean, I can't really think about much beyond today and tomorrow and just these immediate needs. Even thinking about going back to Arizona and packing things up, my head's just not that far ahead yet. And it's kind of challenging because I know I need to be thinking more steps ahead, especially with trying to find a house or just like bigger, you know, three or four months down the line, but you got to get them set up now. And I'm just not there yet. It's too much. So really trying to stay rooted in what has to get done today, what has to get done in this next hour, what should I be working on in this minute, and chipping away at it. Yeah, it's a good plan. The discussion we have today is a good reminder for us because this is one that we actually recorded back in November. And I think both you and I have been utilizing some of the things that are in here since then. And it just seems like a good time to share this with everyone. Right. I'm with you. So this conversation is with Mandy again, part two. She is back to join us. And like mom said, we recorded it in November. And at that time, I was really struggling with internal gaslighting of myself in terms of what I was experiencing physically and feeling like I couldn't believe my physical symptoms or just mentally struggling with what I was going through. And we ended up coming up with this toolbox of tools to help and support us. And I'm just really excited to be sharing this because I feel like there's good stuff here. Yeah, I think so too. And you talked about internal gaslighting in your case related specifically to your health condition, but I think that's something we all do or a lot of us do. And we talk to ourselves worse than we would ever talk to anyone else. So I found this discussion to be refreshing. It was fun to have, and I took some great things from it. We hope everyone does. Is it weird to say that until I started my emotional becoming, I don't feel like I thought of myself as like a human? I was doing stuff but didn't realize, oh, I have emotions and a choice of how and what I do with my life. Does that relate to you in any way? 
I don't think it's weird. Sometimes what life becomes is society tells us here's expectations and here's what you should do. And pretty soon we find ourselves just doing those things that are quote unquote expected and going through the motions. Also, depending on our experience, we may have been taught from a pretty young age. And I'll just say this, women are taught from a pretty young age that showing any emotions isn't good. Can't be angry about anything. That's not our place. Be quiet, agree, be nice, smile. So any emotions that don't resonate with that, or even just make us feel uncomfortable because we haven't been in a space where we were taught that our feelings and emotions are okay. When they come up, we don't know how to deal with them. So it's just easier to go, yeah, nah. Dare I say suppress them? I guess this is coming from a couple of places. One, we can go to the root cause of what we're taught. Being raised in and around a pretty strict religious structure from a very young age that until I was 10 or 11, that wasn't encouraging of emotions or conversations about emotions or questioning what it means to be a human. And then on top of that, You add layers of childhood trauma and codependent tendencies in a household to regulate the environment and all of these other things. I get into my late 20s where I suddenly realize, oh, hey, I don't have to feel the way that I'm feeling right now. And I have all these suppressed beach balls that are now popping up to the surface of this rocky ass ocean that I've been trying to swim against the current in. And it all just blows up at once. And I guess the reason it's coming up for me today and why I'm so excited to jump into this conversation with Mandy from the aspect of mental health, BTW, beautiful listener, Mandy's back for part two, that is today's episode, is because I'm still struggling with my self-fact check, and I call it a self-fact check of how I'm doing recovering from this migraine. And trying to get a pulse of physical limitation versus a mental limitation and questioning, is my mental limitation real? Is my physical limitation real? All of these things that makes it hard to be a freaking human. But before we dive into that, please welcome Mandy back to the show. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. Our pleasure. Lex, you just dove right in. Usually it's like, how are things going? What are you eating? What are you drinking today? What are you? No, that was what color are your nails? It's like today, it's just like, boom, we're in it. Well, I think I'm in it because I'm struggling. I had a three hour journal session last night writing in two different colors, one representing like my self criticizing conscious brain, and the other color representing my more trying to be compassionate side of my consciousness of like, okay, Lex, you can not be so mean to yourself. So we are diving into it. Sorry. Not sorry, but oh, like, I was gonna say, don't apologize. Not sorry. No. Thank yeah. you. I'm just don't saying, I, I love, and I'm here <clears throat> for it, that we're just like, let's go. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm ripping off the bandaid today. I love it. Let Safe it air space. out. Safe space. Yes. Thanks. Yes. 
We are excited to have Mandy with us again. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the previous episode with Mandy, just pop back and listen to that episode. Mandy is the owner of Level Up Consultants, a business that she has recently started on her own, working on improving and addressing mental health in the roofing industry. Mandy is also an advocate for philanthropy and community involvement. Today, we're going to take a moment to hear from her about an organization that she's involved in and just all around fun person to hang out with. So Mandy, we are thrilled to have you with us again on Evolving Truths. Oh, thank you so much. I feel like I could talk to both of you forever. So this is a true pleasure. (laughs) don't make me cry I'm already sensitive okay (laughs) no I've been sensitive too actually I've been really angry the Mm. last couple days I have a kitten well she's like five months now but everything she does is annoying the hell out of me and I'm like how am I getting mad at this cute little thing and just like everything so I feel you there's just a lot right now weird energy Okay, so here we go. I'm diving in. When is life not a lot? Never. So actually, it's funny because I was telling myself this because I was getting so angry at every little thing. Something wasn't clicking and I was literally having a tantrum in my office. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. True growth is learning. The only thing you can control is your response. You can't Mm -hmm. control what happens to you or what is around you. You can only control how you respond to it. I'm like, okay, well, all right, I'm going to try to be light and airy because what else am I going to do? You know what I mean? The only thing I can control is how I am. I don't need to let this control me. I think the power and the pause. This is this is my personal experience, and you can tell me if this resonates with you. Last night when I was journaling in my self-criticizing analytical brain, that pen color was red. Her name is her name is the vicious warrior and sometimes it's the vicious bitch. I have named my subconscious, okay? Parts okay, I love it. I like so, it. So, I was going down this rabbit hole and I would pose a question to myself. I actually just brought my journal cuz I was like, you know what? This might be kind of fun today. So, I would ask myself a series of why questions. For example, I have to get an MRI next week because I'm still trying to root down on what's caused this migraine spell and like mm-hmm. some of these physical symptoms I've been struggling with. Am I scared to get this MRI subconsciously? And am I putting up work blocks to like not be able to get stuff done on a subconscious psychological level? Or am I actually physically impaired? Like I am questioning myself day to day. Then I would ask myself another question. Do I need the MRI? Then my next question is, what if something's wrong? And then my next question is, well, the worst case or biggest fear is what if they tell me that they don't see anything? And now suddenly I am perceived as my worst fear coming true that I'm lazy, unable to motivate myself. I can't get things done. Then here's the cool part. So this is the whole point of this story. I had a power in the pause moment. Because I was texting with someone and that interruption Mm. to put the pen and notebook down where it was all in red, to put Mm -hmm. it down, go respond to that. And then when I came back and switched over to my beautiful blue compassion color, this pause just helped me. I got that perspective. I stepped away from it for a split second. 
and didn't have to keep being so mean to myself. I'm not being mean. This is, you know, legitimately what I'm experiencing, but that's how it feels. Yeah. Power of the pause. I love it. It is powerful and recognizing that all of the emotions go into making us who we are. They're part of our experience. What was that movie? It was a little kid's movie. I was at the movie theater bawling my eyes out with my popcorn and soda. Inside Out. Yes. I've never seen that. Oh, Mandy. (laughs) You have got to watch that. Honestly, that that is one of my favorite movies. Whole community. Put that on your list. Inside Out. I'm writing it down. It is amazing. Tell us. It's like it was done as a children's movie. And at the time I was going through a separation and dealing with a ton of stuff. I just sat in that movie crying, crying, crying my eyes out. For me, it was the first time of going, like, we try and ignore the shit. We shop it away. We eat it away. We drink it away. We exercise it away. It could even be something that's positive. But if we're using it to not feel an emotion, then it's still not good. I also think we tend to ask more questions and maybe notice things when we are struggling. We don't ask questions or notice things as much when we feel like things are going really well. Mm-hmm. So your question of why does life feel hard? Like, why does it have to be like this all the time? You're currently sitting in a phase where you're dealing with a lot and asking a lot of questions. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But do we do that when we feel like things are going well? No, I don't think so. I feel like when things are going really well, it's like you're in this blissful state and you don't want to question it. You don't want to jinx it. I kind of think there's like a beauty to that though, Alexis, with what you're questioning and feeling, because it's like you're in that raw human experience element of life that a lot of people just don't want to face or question. Mm -hmm. I think there's like alchemy there, you know, that's where you can really grow as a soul. That's my opinion. (laughs) I'll take it. Since moving to Arizona, I still feel like I've been a little bit in a chrysalis mode. Like my Mm. emotional becoming was my caterpillar and getting all this spiritual food and really getting the right type of nutrients. And then I got brave and moved to my dream state. And then I put it into the universe of like, wow, I feel so solid about who I am emotionally and to be equipped to like life more or less. And so I said to my therapist, I think I'm ready for this next stage. Let's see what happens. And literally 13 days later is when I got laid off from my corporate job. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting to manifest this shit that fast. Like, okay, let's calm (laughs) this down. But where I'm going with that is from my own perception, even when things have been good, I'm still trying to ask questions. And I guess I would love to brainstorm, like, what would be the questions that we could ask ourselves when it's good that don't feel like they're going to push the good away? It's been a tumultuous, is that the right word? Yes. Tumultuous, yeah. Two and a half, now almost three full years. Like, I'm fucking tired of life being hard. I'm tired of life being hard. And I know I'm not the only one who relates to that either. 
Yeah. You've had your own personal challenges, but there's like this collective trauma and drain and just exhaustion on top of it with the pandemic, societal, global. It's just like constant unrest and unknowns. When you think about society, the amount of information that's in the world and circulating is so abundant that I have had to put blinders on because I just can't handle the amount of information that exists sometimes. It's just too much on my system. Oh, God, yeah. I can totally relate to that. It's overstimulation of just too much. And the toll that plays on our mental health. I think that's really, Mm -hmm. you know, the conversation that I was trying to open up with all of this is just these questions that push us to grow and evolve or keep us where we are. Or when times are good, like, why are we scared to talk about Mm -hmm. the good times? Mm -hmm. We know that nothing lasts forever, whether it's good or bad. Both seasons are going to exist. Okay, I laid it on the table. Take it and run with it, ladies. When things are happy and things are good. I like to really focus on the gratitude of just the moment or the time Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And just, just hold on to like, just being so grateful for it. What are some ways that you've practiced that gratitude? Like, do you write it? Do you think it? I do a little gratitude journal. It's called the five minute journal. You like write things that you're grateful for each day, or I'll just really be mindful. I like to savor certain moments. I'm going to be in this space and I'm just going to absorb every sense. Like, what am I seeing? What am I feeling? What am I tasting? What am I smelling? And just like, Mm, hold it all in, you know? Yeah, totally. I think that's awesome. In a moment, being mindful about it and then naming your senses. That is a tool that is given to people when they're struggling with anxiety as a way to get themselves in a moment. What's one thing you can see? What's two things you can hear? Like however someone chooses to put that into practice, not just a tool to help you when you're struggling with something, but it's a tool that we can utilize just to, to be in a space and be mindful in that moment and really ensure that we are present. Yeah. I like to call it a soulful snapshot where it's like your whole soul is just soaking in a memory Mm. and that you can just take it all in. Totally. I had a friend and we would pretend that we were holding a camera and snap a picture and just be like, oh, I never want to forget this moment. And it is that mental snapshot. I love that you just said that soulful snapshot. I'm totally stealing that. Um, Put that down too. (laughs) I love to do that. Like I'll just close my eyes and I'll just soak it all in and just be so present. It's like a form of meditation really. And it just, it feels good. (laughs) And the more you do it, it's easier to do to kind of, really drop into that moment, sink into that moment and absorb it. The more you do it, oh, it's like juicy bits everywhere. And it's just so good. It's such a beautiful way to just like live and look at things. Mm. I think Mm. yoga helped me with that. I used achievements and work to cope with the mental and emotional challenges that I wasn't equipped to deal with at the time. And so when I started going to yoga, it was trying to figure out how to 
get my mind to just focus on one thing, like sitting in this posture and breathing, no matter Mm -hmm. how much I'm shaking. And then as I continued to practice and get better, it became, oh, now I can just sit here and breathe and it's not the posture. It went from that to meditation to being able to apply in regular day-to-day life. Now I live in this walking yoga practice. Yes. Yes. I love that you said that because yoga, you don't have to go to a class to practice yoga. Like you could be just standing outside having one of your little soulful snapshots. And that's a form of yoga. You're connecting with something outside of yourself. When I said when things are good, we don't necessarily stop and analyze them or ask the questions. And then the word practice came up a couple of times from both of you. It's more a practice of acknowledging where we are or what we're feeling in that moment. And Mm -hmm. even when things are difficult, there's still pieces that we can pull out of it that are good. And maybe we don't ask ourselves these questions when things are going well. It's taking the time to be in that space and acknowledge it regardless of what it is, whether it's quote unquote good or quote unquote bad. That practice of being aware of it just might look a little bit different when we're struggling with something or we're facing challenges than it does when we feel like things are flowing. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness is a challenging gift worth discovering. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Thanks, friend. This yeah. conversation carries weight and intensity and a lightness about it, which again is the reason evolving truths is here and this community is here is for those times when we need to sit somewhere and ask some of these questions and then talk about it, being able to have those conversations and be acknowledged that, yeah, what you're going through, that, that is hard or that is great and be in a space where we get that as well. The opportunity every single day to practice something new to take care of yourself is the most refreshing Mm -hmm. gift that we could be given. You and I have Mm -hmm. talked about this, that every 24 hours is a clean slate. Like you get to start new every single day. And just because yesterday went one way does not mean that today has to be exactly the same. And you can pick what works for you, stick with it for 30 to 90 days, and then decide if it works for you or doesn't work for you and go find something new to try. That's training for the Olympics of life. So when we're training, what are our tools? Conversation is one. Relation in those conversations and connecting, we say that here too. Connection through conversation lets us know that we're not alone. I 100% threw this topic out to both of you because I needed to be validated as fuck in the sense of like, I'm struggling. Mandy, you said it in our last episode two of being like, am I qualified? Like people are believing me. (laughs) And I've had a lot of those questions come up too. One, because of my performance, not being able to do what I normally could do, but being like, am I qualified to host a personal development podcast? Am I qualified to be a life coach? Am I qualified to be trying to help other people? I can't even get myself over this migraine spell. What are our tools to deal with these conversations in our head? Being seen and validated by somebody else. And also 
just saying it out loud, just saying it and not holding it in is a form of release it, to me. Because otherwise, if you just like keep holding on to that tension or that struggle, it's just going to gain power and momentum within you. But if you say, I'm scared, or I feel like this, or I feel like that, kind of like an exhale, you know what I mean? And then it just creates more space for you to have more positive thoughts. Naming it takes away its power. It brings it to light. And it's not just something that's sitting in our head doing this constant swirl and digging us deeper and deeper. And at times we need things that pull us out of that. You just named a tool that you use. Movement for me is a tool. Doing my dishes, kind of cleaning up my space a little bit. Okay. We're building a great list here. Cleaning your space. We can talk more about that. Mandy, you talked about gratitude and mm. soulful snapshots. Mm. Journaling became yeah. my first real deep exploration. And you know what? I'm just going to say it. Cannabis use allowed me to be able to open up to my emotions. So I'm mm-hmm. going to say whatever it takes to open you up if you need an outside resource to do that, safely explore it. But personally, like I needed an additional substance. I couldn't just go there by myself and therapy. You naming that Lexus, if there is something that you need to look at, we know there's all kinds of modalities out there. So anything that can have you feel safe and safe enough to express those deep things that a lot of times we're afraid to do. I would say research. And make a decision that sits well with you. Yeah not concerned with judgment of others. I mean, it has to align with your own principles. There's a topic (laughs) we could spend some time on. Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) But we won't today. We won't. I mean, we can (laughs) tie that in, in a spiral. We judge ourselves. Mental well-being is self-judgment, like the biggest barrier. Well, yeah. I mean, we're all our own worst critics. No one will insult you more than yourself. And we often are so kind and forgiving to everyone else but ourselves. That is one of the biggest quests in life. How do you stop that? Mm. Because it's like almost impossible because it's just ingrained in our culture. It's in every marketing, all the media, it's everywhere. I mean, you can't pick up something without it telling you how to improve yourself because as you are, isn't good enough. That's why I love meditation so much because you get into this deep mental state where it's like, instead of attaching to the things you're saying to yourself or your mind is telling you, you're just witnessing them. Mm. And then again, it's like they lose their power because you're not your thoughts. You're just observing your thoughts. I think that's the power of meditation for sure. The things that we've talked about, and especially when it comes to yoga or meditation are things that cause us to have that pause. Lex, you talked about when you were in journaling that you were texting. I'm just going to say that I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were journaling when we were texting. (laughs) Even though I know I'm not the person that you were probably texting, but where the interruption is, accept that for a minute from the book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. 
he talks about how we get into things and just go through the motions without recognizing or acknowledging what it is that we're doing and identifying those things that we want to change. He has just say out loud, change, cause that pause to happen for yourself. That's something I was doing for a little bit and then haven't been doing. So I appreciate this conversation, bringing that back around. I feel like we're putting together a toolbox of taking care of ourselves coming from Mm -hmm. construction. It's like we go through life picking up these things that work for us. And those are the ones that we want in our tool belt that we carry with us all the time. And then it's like, okay, let me remember what this list is so I can tap into it in times that I really need this specific support. I think too, going back to the question of when times are good, you still are carrying your tool belt. It's still Mm -hmm. on you. You still have all these weapons of care to be able to be like, yeah, shabang, bang, bang. I got them when I'm ready. I love that. It's important to have things at the ready to know that they're at your disposal because you don't want to wait until like, you know, something until you're struggling to be like, oh, what do I do? Like you have your little safety net, your backup plan, your toolbox. Mandy, do you share things like that when you go into companies and talk about mental health and that being a part of their culture? Or how does that tie into the work that you do? Yeah. In the mental health first aid training, there's a big, there's a whole section on self-care and before you even start the class, you fill out your self-care action plan so that it's there on the ready for when you need to take care of yourself. So we talk about, okay, what, what are the things that make you happy? What are the things you like to do? What are things that are relaxing? And there's all these different segments like financial self-care, physical self-care, mental self-care, emotional, spiritual, and so on. You brainstorm and write it all down so that you have it at your disposal, whenever you're struggling, you just go to your self-care action plan. Sometimes when we're in that space, we can't think about what we need to do. Exactly. And then it's something that we can give to someone who's close to us and say, if you see me kind of starting to struggle or being in this space, here's my list. I'm also asking you to help me look at this. I have these little uh, fake prescription pads, but they're self-care prescription pads that you can write for somebody else, or you can write for yourself. It gives you ideas, but then it's also like, I'm prescribing you to go take a nap because I know Mm -hmm. you love to sleep or I'm prescribing you go for a hike or whatever it may be. I love that. One of the other things with level up consultants that you talk about is the culture. And I know in our previous Mm -hmm. conversation, you talked a lot about the industry struggling with workforce and are there enough laborers? And so culture is one of the things that you focus on and talk about. Share with us what that looks like when you approach it from an organization standpoint. So a company has a culture, whether they know it or not. It's the way things are done, how you do things, why you do them, all of that. A lot of companies have this false sense of what their company culture is versus what people and employees are actually experiencing. 
And if you aren't cultivating a positive culture, it's going to cultivate itself in a negative way. And like a big indicator is how do people do things when no one's looking? What I do with companies is company culture assessments. I'll go around and I'll interview employees and it's all anonymous. And I bring my iPad and they fill out questions. And then I'll take it to the leadership team and be like, these, this is how the workforce is responding. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad, but there's often a disconnect with, oh, these are our core values. This is our company culture. We pride ourselves on this, but then you go two tiers down and it's a completely different world. And there's this huge disconnect. So it's bridging that gap to make leadership aware because often they're not on the front lines. They have no freaking clue what's really happening. And then they wonder why they have high attrition rates and why they can't get people to come work for them because they literally have no idea. That's true in the nonprofit world as well. That's everywhere. Yeah. That's it's everywhere. everywhere. It's yes. everywhere. Yeah. It, that is not limited to roofing and construction. That is everywhere. And it's sad because there is a huge disconnect. How empowering or what an amazing opportunity for leadership to get to recognize that there are pain points. And even though they're not directly impacting my day to day, I need to solve this for the people that I do or should, I'm going to say should, care about in my organization. Right. I call them climate checks. And I feel like they should be done every quarter because you can have an overall company culture, but the climate's going to change. You know, maybe there's material shortages or, or whatever it may be. So the climate's going to go up and down. So you have to like continually monitor what employees are actually experiencing and what they're feeling and how things are actually being done. You can't just do one survey a year. It's a routine action. Because you always have to see what's moving us forward, what's holding us back. And it's going to change over time. And then to take that information and actually apply it or put it into practice. Yeah. And to see, okay, well, what are the issues? And then you fix those issues. And then new issues are going to come up and you fix those. It's never one and done. It's constantly evolving. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I love that quarterly climate checks. Some of us might be working in the corporate world, nonprofit world, our own company or our company or our work is caring for our family, whatever it is, wherever we are, there's a culture thinking about those things that you just talked about. The fact that we're leaders in our own life, what is my personal culture what is my family Family. culture Mm -hmm. what is my friendship culture and doing those checks i think with a family or a relationship more often than quarterly a relationship yes yeah Mm. because culture happens there too and so many things are influencing it so i love taking this not just organizationally and thinking about it in a workplace but really doing them in our personal life and thinking about all the areas where culture exists in our lives and what do we want it to look like yeah i think especially with relationships romantic relationships in particular it's i mean communication to me is like the number one thing because if you can't talk about things or if you're not addressing things then you're creating 
a bad culture. <laughs> you know, if something's bothering you and you don't say anything about it or something's being done and you don't say anything about it, you've just created a bad culture for your relationship. So I think it's so important to just talk and say, hey, this is bothering me or this is how I'm feeling from this. And I feel like a lot of times we're afraid to say how we actually feel or we let our emotions talk. And so we're just like, blah, 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 blah. You should be doing this and blah, blah, blah. Instead of saying, hey, when you do this, it makes me feel this way, which is going to be more received. I think it's like learning how to communicate too. I love that you said, mom, we are our own like personal culture. Mm -hmm. I get to choose the culture of Alexis Ray and that is presented in the world in every situation that we just named. Family, friendship, relationship, work, myself gets to have its own culture. We are responsible to nurture, care, grow, and identify that culture and figure out what we want it to look like. Because I can show up to the relationship conversation, Mandy, but unless I'm clear on what my expectations are to be able to ask yeah. for it, then it can't be delivered. Or unless I understand my culture enough that when something happens that I'm uncomfortable with, I don't know how to name it or ask for it or try and change it. Exactly. You have to know who you are, know what you want, know your boundaries, know what you'll accept, what you won't accept. And I think women, we accept a lot of bullshit, especially mm. early on in our lives. Mm. And then we just think it's normal and it's not. And it unfortunately usually takes a lot of heartbreak and pain for us to realize this isn't what love looks like or feels like. And so this is no longer my culture, my love culture. I think that that bridges the gap to corporate and work, if I'm being totally honest, because the employees have to feel empowered enough on your quarterly climate checks to be able to say, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. Leadership yeah. being able to come back and say, hey, we respect the voice that you're giving us and we care enough to try and make this environment workable for you. That's where psychological safety comes into play. Is your workplace a psychological safe zone where people can express themselves and give honest feedback without fear of retribution? That's something I tried to do when I was with a roofing contractor. I always try to do that with my team. I would say, you can come talk to me about anything. I may not agree with you. I may not like what you have to say, but I'm going to give you the platform, to, an opportunity to say it. And I can remember one of the foremen, one time he came in, it was during COVID and he was like, Mandy, I'm pissed. Okay. Why are you pissed? He's like, you know, we've been out there this whole time and you guys have been working at home nice and safe. And, you know, it just, it really bothers me. I'm pissed. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you're right. You should be. I totally get it but there's not many places that I feel cultivate a culture where someone can go invent to somebody and say, Hey, I don't like this without them getting reprimanded. You should be able to have a conversation like that. I think back to my time in roofing distribution and there being a couple of employees that were drivers or loaders. So the material comes to distribution shop we're in charge of getting it into the contractor's hand so the contractor can put the roof on. Some guys don't feel like they're getting taken care of enough pay-wise, hour-wise. I remember leadership at one point being like, I don't know what this guy needs. 
And now that I think back to it in hindsight, I wish I would have been better at my awareness or my bottom-up leadership to just say, ask, he will tell you what he needs. You have to ask those questions. What would help you? What would help this situation? It doesn't mean you're going to be able to provide it, but you have to give people an opportunity and you have to give people options. That's just like common decency. And I will say this was a reoccurring thing. I know that it had come to the table multiple times. They had tried to make it work with these couple employees multiple times. Mm -hmm. Here's more hours. Here's a different arrangement of someone who's in your truck. I give them credit. They were doing what they were trying to do again and again. And I think that's where that frustrated comment came from. But for any leader that's out there, when you are in a friction moment of time like that in the culture of your office, just ask and be willing to listen to the answer. Yes. And even if you can't do the change, I would say, okay, on a scale one to 10, how do you rate this? It's a two right now. All right. What could we do? What can we do to make it a three? Well, if you just, whatever, whatever it may be. Okay. What would make it a 10? Okay. It'd be this, this, and this. All right. Well, let's try to find, let's try to make this a six. You know what I mean? And that way you're giving them options and then you're giving them a little bit of control. And then even if you can't give them everything they want, they have had input in deciding how it's going to be. People always have more buy-in when it's our idea. Exactly. So give people the opportunity to speak and let them be a part of the decision instead of just telling them, no, it's this. I think too, you realize that maybe this company that I'm working in just isn't a fit. And I'm going to take that now to relationships. If we're having these same conversations in a relationship, you are mixing hopefully two whole humans that are Mm. both in a healthy enough place to enter this relationship. There's still going to be things that come up. And so having these conversations, hopefully from a pretty early point in your relationship, you might come to, wow, this isn't a fit. Instead of just staying in a space and going through the motions because, oh, this feels good and I'm not alone. Each relationship gets to teach you these things. And so all those things you just said about corporate, again, we get to put them in our own lives. Bringing it back to the questions that we ask ourselves. What do I tolerate? What do I not tolerate? What do I believe? What do I not believe? I opened up this conversation today of the questions that I'm having in my own mind. And now we've talked Mm -hmm. about questions in corporate and we've talked about questions in relationship. And it's... Just put it out there. Be willing to go a layer deeper or 10 layers deeper. Keep asking why. Keep posing more and more threads and follow the ones that you have to chase until you get to a stop. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is like a symptom versus problem. We're trying to fix a symptom, but it's not the real problem. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, Root cause. Yeah. So it's like peeling back the layers to really discovering what is the root here. Five lies. lies. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard of this book. Yeah. It is so powerful. It's a super quick read. It's got diagrams. It's like big text, 100% worth the money that you pay for it to read it in 15 to 25 minutes. Yeah. It's a little longer than that if you pick it apart and dissect it, but yeah. Just follow the breadcrumbs home to yourself. Yeah, keep asking why until you get to the root of it, for sure. Mandy, we 
are so grateful that you joined us again and that oh, you, you are here with us today for this conversation. We've discussed mental health, self-care, things that we do to feed us. You talked about soulful snapshots of that. One of the things that you do that I'm guessing maybe comes a little bit from a place of self-care or something that you're passionate about is your involvement with the Hitchcock Center for Women. We'd love to hear more about oh, that. Thank you. So I'm on the board for the Hitchcock Center for Women, which is a recovery center, substance use recovery center for women in Cleveland, Ohio. And it's the only center in Northeast Ohio where women can go with their children. The recovery rates are astronomically higher when a woman can go with her kids and she knows that her children are taken care of. And I came about it actually from a roof leak because I was working for a roofing contractor and there was a service call and we were shorthanded. So I went to go look at it and I walked in and I was like, what is this place? There's kids running around and all these women. I just didn't realize where I was going. And I was just like, this is amazing. So I started volunteering yoga classes and I still teach yoga there now twice a month. This year I got on the board of directors and I'm on the building committee because they're building a new facility. It just kind of ties into everything I do with mental health and destigmatizing addiction and women's empowerment and all of that. So thank you for bringing that up. It's very near and dear to my heart. Yeah. That's what a amazing. Oh, what a perfect time for you to be on the board too, with your experience and being on the building committee. I highly recommend everyone find something like that and donate your expertise, your education, your experience, your mind, basically, because there's so many places that need, I mean, everything, you know. When you teach yoga, is it for the whole family? It's everybody, the nice. moms and usually the kid or two. They get really into it. I usually have them sit next to me and like co-teach the class, but they get very zen. Mandy, thank you so much for being here again. Oh, thank tell you. anyone and everyone who's listening how they can find you and get in touch with you. You can get in touch with me on my website, which is levelup-consultants.com or Instagram at levelup.consultants. Perfect. We will make sure those links are in the show notes. Mom? The last thing I'm going to throw out is soulful snapshot. This week, go have a moment. And yeah, if you do have a moment, many. yeah, take a snapshot of it. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being here. If this podcast is totally your cup of tea, please leave a rating, a review, follow the show wherever you are listening and be sure to share it with someone in your community, in your network, so we can continue to grow and include more people in these connection conversations. Until next time, please remember, life is beautiful and you create the magic. Have a good one. Connect with Shannon and Alexis in the Evolving Truths community by visiting evolvingtruthspodcast.com. Links are in the show notes. The artwork for this project was created by Julie B. Salazar and is entitled Celebration from the Inner Landscape Print Series. The Evolving Truths podcast is produced and edited by Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, recorded from the Corner Studio in conjunction with Alexis Ray Enterprises, LLC.